Thank you for joining the worship services of Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. I'm Pastor Julie King, and I'm so grateful for digital technology that allows you to join us from wherever you are in the world. You can join us every week by clicking the links on our Facebook at facebook.com shotoumc or on our website at umshoto.net. If you like what we are doing and would like to financially support us in ministry, you can find more contact information on our website, and again, that's umshoto.net. We're so grateful that you are joining us. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Grace and peace to each of you. Welcome to the online worship service for the Shoto, Brady, and Dutton United Methodist Churches. This Sunday, um, I just want to lift up a couple of quick announcements. The first one being that at least through the end of January, we are continuing to worship online only. However, every week we are monitoring the number of COVID cases and we will be meeting with the leadership team of the church to discuss what it looks like in February as we get ready to start Lent during mid-February and Ash Wednesday on the 17th. Um, we will be letting all of you know how those services will happen and what that will look like over the next several weeks. This Sunday, at the end of our worship service, I invite all of you to join me for a time of remembering your own baptism. This Sunday, we celebrate Jesus's baptism in the lectionary gospel readings and in our church calendar. And so this is a very special time at the end of our service that I hope each of you will join me for. The other quick announcement that I want to lift up is today we finally get to kick off this very fun new sermon series. We are beginning the gospel according to Dr. Seuss. Throughout this series, I've been collaborating for several months now, really, with some very, very close friends of mine. They are colleagues that I met. We all started seminary together at Eilish School of Theology, became good friends, and we all now serve in the Mountain Sky Conference. And so I am excited to have them joining us throughout the next several weeks. And I'm really, really, really looking forward to this sermon series. With that being said, I welcome each of you to our service. And I would invite you to please joining, join me for our opening hymn. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together in love. There is only one Bye. 
us together, Lord, bind us together with cords that cannot be broken. Bind us together, Lord, bind us together, Lord, bind us together in love. At this time, I would like to lift up some joys, concerns, and sorrows that we can all share together as a church. Let's start off with the joy. One joy that I want to be sure to lift up is that many of you saw Seth over the Advent season and during our Christmas Eve service. As you know, he is a member of our congregation here in Shoto United Methodist Church and has been wonderfully blessing us with his gifts of music. Seth got married this last week on January 2nd and is currently in Disney World right now celebrating his honeymoon. So I do want to say congratulations to you, Seth. We are very happy for you and celebrate this wonderful time in your life with you. I also want to lift up what has transpired over this last week in our country. I know that for many of us, we were glued to the television Watching what happened at our Capitol building unfold was heartbreaking for so many of us. It created feelings of anger. It ignited beliefs that we have toward one side or the other. It became very evident that we are a very divided country right now. And I just invite all of you to continue to pray, not only for our leaders, for our country, but for each other, for yourselves, and any of those feelings that you might be having, they can be overwhelming throughout this week. And if you are still feeling overwhelmed, if you would like to have somebody to talk to or be able to just discuss what happened, please give me a call or Send me a text message and we can find a time to get together or just visit through the phone. But I am here for all of you and I would very, very much encourage you to continue talking about them in a positive and loving way throughout this week. I also do want to lift up the number of COVID cases in our two counties in Teton and Ponderay County. We are continuing to see more COVID cases and following the holidays here, it seems like there's been a small little spike again. So please just continue to do your part. I know it kind of felt at a point like, oh, it was the first of the year and maybe things would go away and the pandemic would be coming to an end. And we are very hopeful about that with the vaccines rolling out. But I do want to remind all of you that the cases are still very much here in our communities and I encourage you so much to be wearing your masks, stay home, especially if you are sick, but whenever possible, and just do your part to keep others safe. At this time, I would invite all of you to prepare your hearts and your minds as we invite the Holy Spirit to join all of us in our spaces. And let's begin this time with this prayer hymn. 
we a channel of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me bring your love. Where there is injury, your pardon, Lord. And where there's doubt, true faith in you. Make me a channel of your peace where there's despair in life let me bring hope where there is darkness only light and where there's sadness ever joy oh master grant that I be never to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love with all my soul. Make me a channel of your silent prayer and meditation followed by the pastoral prayer and then we will join together for the Lord's Prayer. Let us pray. God of all the ages, in your sight nations rise and fall and pass through times of peril. Now when our land is troubled, be near to judge and save. May leaders be led in your wisdom May they search your will and see it clearly. If we have turned away from your way, reverse our ways and help us to repent. Give us your light and your truth. Let them guide us through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of this world and our Savior. Amen. Please take a few moments for your own silent prayer, meditation, and confession. Lord, today as we come together to join in worship, to praise and love you, we just ask that you be with each of us. Remind us who we are as children of Christ. Remind us how to love and be compassionate. 
during times that we might feel like our hearts are very troubled. Lord, today remind us that it is okay to have differences in beliefs and opinions, but all of us are your children. No matter what another person may believe, you call us to love our neighbors as ourselves. You call us to love our enemies. Lord, I pray for our country, I pray for the division that is among the people of the United States of America. And I pray for our churches. I pray that you are able to guide us to be the light that helps to make a difference. During a time of so many of our lives that seems scary and dark. Lord, today, I give you thanks for the unity that does come in our churches. I give you thanks for the family that we have in the church because of you. And Lord, today I give you thanks for saving us from whatever it is that we are going through, for healing us, in our bodies, in our spirit, in our mind, in our emotions, and in all ways that we need healed. Lord, today we give you thanks for the leaders who continue to guide us in our churches and in our government. We ask that you be with those leaders. We ask that you help show them the best ways to guide us that continues to include you. Lord, today we give you thanks for the good blessings that do continue to happen despite hard times. Blessings like new babies, marriages, Time with our family, conversations with our friends. And Lord, today we pray all of this in your name, the prayers that we speak aloud and the ones that we carry in our hearts and our minds. And now we join together as your children to pray the way you taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we move into our service message today, I am so excited to introduce all of you to a very wonderful friend of mine, David Petty. David and I went to seminary together. Like I mentioned earlier, Iliff School of Theology, and he currently serves at Meeker United Methodist Church in the Mountain Sky Conference. 
Hello, my name is Pastor David Petty, and I'm the pastor of Meeker United Methodist Church. I'm so excited to bring you today's message on the gospel according to Dr. Seuss. Let me begin with our scripture. Matthew 26, 36 through 39. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over and pray. He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be grieved and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved, even to death. Remain here and stay awake with me. And going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Today's sermon begins our series, as I mentioned, on the gospel according to Dr. Seuss. Throughout this series, our hope is that we can look at the whimsical children's stories of Dr. Seuss, that they can give us a little insight on how to live. We can look at how they parallel the gospel message, and we can find lessons that benefit us all. Dr. Seuss's story that we're encountering today, What Was I Scared Of?, comes from the multi-story book Sneetches and Other Stories, which contains the stories of the Sneetches, the Zacks, Too Many Daves, and the story we're looking at today, entitled What Was I Scared Of? These books contain the themes of tolerance, difference, diversity, and compromise, and the Sneetches was listed in the top 100 books for children by the National Education Association. And so here today, we begin. Throughout today's sermon, I'm going to read excerpts from the book as well. And so let's just start right off with the beginning of what was I scared of. It begins like this. I was walking in the night and I saw nothing scary, for I have never been afraid of anything, not very. Then I was deep within the woods when suddenly I spied them a pair of pale green pants with nobody inside them. The fear of the unknown is jolting and jostling and spooky and scary. Most of us identify with this fear of the unknown with the fear of the dark. Darkness, after all, masks the truth that we might otherwise see when the light is shining on something. It masks the truth of what's really in front of us and it creates a cloud of confusion where otherwise we might have clarity. As a child, I remember going on the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, where you drive the dozen or so passenger off-road car through caves and you explore hidden artifacts. You almost get crushed by a boulder. You almost get spit on by venomous snakes. You almost get pierced with arrows that are really just puffs of air as they whoosh past your head. And you almost get trapped in a cave when the engine of the car dies. There are a whole lot of scary things that happen in the darkness, and eventually you escape because, of course, it's Indiana Jones. Well, there was one time on that ride in particular where we were past the venomous snakes, we were past the booby traps, we were almost to the boulder, and we were right in that section where the engine of the car dies. And what happens is you turn into a dark and scary cave, the engine of the car sputters and then dies, it stays that way for three or four seconds, and then eventually the car comes back on, the music comes back on, dun 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 dun, and you drive off, and then you encounter the boulder at the end. Well, this particular time we came into the cave and the engine turned off, and it stayed off, <laughs> and it stayed dark, and it stayed scary for four and five and six and seven seconds, and eventually a couple of minutes had passed, we were starting to ask ourselves questions like, this is too long, right? We've been stuck in the darkness for far too long. 
eventually a voice came on over the loudspeaker that said the ride had been stopped, that they were going to fix it, and they were going to get us back on the move again. Well, after sitting in the dark for 10 minutes, the voice came on the loudspeaker again saying that they were going to be coming by shortly to escort people off the ride, that they would have to completely close the ride for maintenance. In the next moment, the lights turned on. Suddenly we could see with our eyes that the cave we were in, this deep and dark and ex extremely huge cave, was not a huge cave at all. It was actually a very small hallway. It wasn't a cave. It had brick walls. And it was just the part of the ride that made it seem like a cave because of the noises you heard of animals screeching and bats flying that were coming over the speakers. In the light of that ride, I could see that there was truly nothing to be afraid of. It was just a part of the ride. After the lights shined into the darkness, it wasn't so scary after all. The reality is that the darkness masks the fact that there is always a ride operator, the cars are on a track, and you're not actually Indiana Jones. You know, the things that we're told to be most afraid of sometimes turn out to just be harmless. In the story of Dr. Seuss, the pale green pants with nobody inside them terrify our main character. In the darkness of that forest and the relational darkness of not knowing who or what those things are, fear sets in. As the story goes on, the main character goes back into the forest and sees the same pale green pants with nobody inside them time after time again. And it's creepy because the pants are, well, they're pale green pants and there's nobody inside them. And they're doing things that a human being would otherwise do. The pale green pants are rowing a boat, they're riding a bicycle, until eventually the main character reaches into a bush to pick some snide bush stuff and touches the pale green pants with nobody inside them. He gets stuck. The main character gets stuck inside that bush, touching the pale green pants with nobody inside them. After facing the pants, the main character cries out. Let me read for you. I yelled out for help. I screamed. I shrieked. I howled. I yelled. I cried. Oh, save me from these pale green pants with nobody inside. But then a strange thing happened. Why? The pants began to cry. Those pants began to tremble. They were just as scared as I. As it turns out, when we face the things that we're scared of, the things that we are most uncertain about, the people we might most disagree with, the people we might think are scary, those things and those people might not actually be as scary. Our scripture today is the story of Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying that if it is at all possible that he doesn't have to die, if it is at all possible that he doesn't have to suffer, if it is at all possible that he can have any other way, he says, God, take this cup from me. The scripture raises all sorts of interesting theological questions that we're not going to get into today, but they're interesting questions nonetheless, and I would encourage you to speak with your pastor about them. But what's comforting to me is this. Jesus prays that he would not have to endure hardship and difficulty 
We too sometimes pray for ease and comfort that we would not have to go through the hard things in life. And yet some things are just unavoidable. Some difficulties cannot be gone around. Some cups cannot be passed from us. It's not up to us, nor is it up to God to make everything easy all the time. But if we can face those difficult situations with faith, and with trust in God, as Jesus says, not my will, but thine. Then we might just find that the difficulty we were facing is an opportunity. We might just see the ways that hardship can lead to perseverance and build character. After all, if Jesus doesn't go and face the suffering and the death, then there is no resurrection. I'm reminded of a time when Amberly and I were first married. My wife and I were first married. We didn't have a lot of money. We had a young child to care for. We were looking for work in one of the most expensive places to live during the worst economy the U.S. had seen in decades. We struggled to find work, to buy food, to pay rent, and some of the time we only got by because of the food stamps, the WIC program that helps women, infants, and children, and welfare. Those times were some of the most difficult that I have ever been through, and yet those experiences have given me so much perspective. Nowadays, when I'm able to help people who are in need of those services, I can give them advice because I've been there. Nowadays, when I see somebody who's using those services, I can have compassion and understanding for that life situation instead of judgment about people who are currently making use of those programs. I can explain my story to others who may have a preconceived notion about what it means to use food stamps or welfare or a food bank or a program like what our church offers called The Giving Tree, where we give children Christmas presents. My children received presents from a similar program when they were young as we were struggling to make ends meet. Today, I want you to ask yourself this. What are my pale green pants with nobody inside them? It could be a thing, could be a situation, it could be a person. How have I been running away from them scared of them instead of going toward them? What if I were to come in contact with those pale green pants, with that person, with that situation, with the thing that I am most afraid of? What if I got stuck to it? What if I heard them cry? What if I truly listened instead of running away? This past week, we watched news that unfolded that only further confirms the divisions that exist in our country. Afterward, people were quick to pass judgments, to call names, to point fingers, to claim or deny responsibility for what took place. Perhaps for some of us, the people who view that situation differently than we are, those people are the pale green pants, or blue pants, or red pants. How do we find compassion? for one another? How do we face our fears when we realize we are stuck together with people we disagree with? We are stuck together in situations that we might otherwise want to avoid. We are stuck in this mortal body that someday will perish, even though we have eternal life in Christ. My challenge to you this week is this, that you might encounter the unknown in spite of your fears, 
that you might seek to find connection and relationship where there might otherwise be fear and anger, and that you might do so with the faith that Christ is in that situation, that Christ is in the middle of the relationship, that Christ is there with you wherever you go. Good friends, we are not alone. We have one another. We are comforted in our fears that there is a better way to move forward together with one another and that we are together. We are better together than we are when we are apart. And so as we look this week as the Dr. Seuss book, What Was I Scared Of? I challenge you to consider the pale green pants with nobody inside them and how that story might change the way you see the world and that by changing the way you see the world, that you might change the world. Amen. One of the things that I have already been reminded of so much throughout this sermon series is that it is such a wonderful thing to have people that you love, you trust, that you can talk through difficult conversations with, that you can lean on for guidance, that you can laugh with. And just that constant reminder that you are never alone. It has really been a wonderful thing to be able to work together with some friends that I haven't seen in years. At this time, I would like to remind all of us that we are all united together through Christ. Our baptisms, each of our baptisms, we're something that we're so individualized to each one of us, but it is something that also unifies all of us. And so at this time, I would invite all of you to join me for the reaffirmation of the baptism covenant. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it is through the sacrament of baptism that we are initiated into Christ's Holy Church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All of this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant that was declared at our baptism. And we acknowledge what God is doing for us to affirm our commitment to Christ's Holy Church. On behalf of the church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? If so, say I do. Do you accept the freedom and power that God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? If so, say I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior? Put your full trust in his grace and promise to serve him as your Lord 
in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races. If so, say I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? If so, say I will. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth life. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land in which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed in your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit and by this gift of water call to re our re call to our remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you, Lord, have washed away our sins, and you clothe us with righteousness throughout our lives, that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. I invite you to listen to the sound of the water. Remember your baptism and be faithful. Amen. Typically during this time, I would be able to put my hands on each of you. But since we are through the camera, I would invite each of you to become at a place that you feel centered. Take a few deep breaths and hear this blessing. May the Holy Spirit work within you that having been born through water and the Spirit, you may live as faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. I encourage and invite each of you to join us every week as we continue the gospel according to Dr. Seuss. Next week, you will get to see me. I am going to be leaning on the book of Horton Hears a Who. 
it is going to be a fun sermon as well. And I'm really looking forward to the rest of these weeks as we go through this series together with other churches. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Amen. Go forth in peace. In all those